The cost of eating healthy foods is the number one reason why most people do not eat whole plant-based foods. Or is it? Stick around as we speak about the cost versus nutritional value of plant-based foods. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're a new listener, welcome. And I'd like to invite you to listen to episode 155 to learn about my health story and why I rebranded my show. All right, let's move on to today's topic. While I do not have a receipt for all of the items that I purchase when I do groceries, I will tell you that after six years of eating a whole food plant-based diet and doing most of the groceries for my home, I have learned that the most expensive plant-based foods are the ones that are already prepared. These are the to-go meals and those that are already processed and stored in frozen food sections. So these are the foods that you're going to just kind of toss in the microwave. We call these foods plant-based processed foods. Now, Trader Joe's has quickly become my favorite grocery store, followed by Sprouts, Tom Thumb, and then Central Market, which is a local Texas chain. Now, I'm not being sponsored by any of these, but I do want to paint a picture for you of what it's like when I do groceries. So when I go to Trader Joe's, the first thing I see is the refrigerated produce section. This is where you will see a lot of traffic because that's the first thing you, you see as everybody's trying to get through this one area. As a matter of fact, I have a strategy for this chaos. I take my shopping cart and quickly move it off to the side at a distance. And then I go back to that produce section. I see an opening and I grab whatever I can and take it to my cart, drop it off, and then I come back. And to me, this creates less chaos and gets me moving around, exercising a little bit more. Um, So people often crowd the area with their shopping carts which caused such a great inconvenience for the rest of us. So what do I grab from that refrigerated produce section? Well, I grab romaine lettuce, spinach, arugula, kale, jicama, cilantro, cubed squash, Brussels sprouts, jalapenos, a bag of all the ingredients needed for making stir fry. And then I change it up. Sometimes I grab cucumbers and mushrooms. It just all really depends on what I'm cooking that week. Right across from that section, I find papayas, oranges, lemons, limes, apples, mangoes, and pomegranates when they are in season. These are some of the favorite things that we like to snack on. I walk uh, a little ways away from that area to another section where I grab bananas, Roma tomatoes, grape tomatoes, avocados, red and yellow onions, garlic, potatoes, and sweet potatoes. And then another few steps, and I see fruit that is in containers kind of almost pre-cut, pre-diced, and all of that. So that's watermelon, strawberries, blueberries, cantaloupe, and cherries. Close to the produce section, you find nuts and seeds. So I usually buy pecans and walnuts for my salads and my oatmeal. One aisle over, I find quinoa and chia seeds. Sometimes I pick a pasta. I also find canned jackfruit, artichoke hearts, and hearts of palm. And from time to time, I may get like marinara sauce, but I'm very picky about the marinara because I try to avoid like too much sugar or added oil. I pick up spices if needed and vanilla for my oatmeal. 
Then I go over to the other aisle where I go through the frozen food section and I pick up a couple of bags of the frozen wild blueberries that I use for my oatmeals and for my smoothies. And sometimes I get frozen um, artichoke hearts, which are really cool to use. In the baked goods section, I grab some corn tortillas and ciabatta bread for sandwiches. And that's pretty much it. Sometimes I go back and I look at the vegan items, but that area also like everything that's prepared to go and packaged can get crowded as well. So I don't always have time to go and look at the section, but I do find pre-made lentil and vegetable soups and vegetable wraps. Sometimes cups like fruit cups are also something that you can pick up and other things like a vegan pesto. And now these are going to cost you a little bit more than if I make these items at home. So no matter how many times I shop at Trader Joe's, every single time I'm at the counter checking out, I am always impressed at how much food I am taking home for the amount of money that I'm paying. And this is after having shopped at many places. I take my items home and I make salads and Buddha bowls and oatmeal and we love to snack on fruit. And this is pretty much what I do. I, I have my favorite staples at home. I buy my grains somewhere else. So whatever I don't buy at Trader Joe's, I buy at other stores. Now, researchers at Harvard University compare the cost of plant based foods to meat and dairy. They concluded that if you want the most nutrition per dollar, you should buy more nuts, soy foods, beans, and whole foods, and reduce your purchases of meat and dairy. They concluded that the purchase of plant-based foods may offer the best investment for dietary health. My main goal is to feed my body the healthiest foods on the planet. An average serving of vegetables can cost roughly four times more than the average serving of junk food. But those veggies have been calculated to average 24 times more nutrition. So on the cost per nutrition basis, vegetables offer six times more nutrition per dollar compared to highly processed foods. Meat costs about three times more than vegetables, yet yield 16 times less nutrition based on an aggregate of nutrients. Because meat is less nutritious and costs more, vegetables net you 48 times more nutrition per dollar than meat. That comes from the Hana to Die book by Dr. Michael Greger. If your goal is to have as much nutrition in your diet for the least amount of money, you will want to head straight to the produce section like I do at Trader Joe's. That's where I spend most of my time. Same thing with Sprouts. Sprouts has a beautiful collection of produce. And then Central Market is one of my favorite stores. But yes, some of the produce can be expensive. Going back to the question of whether eating healthy is expensive or not, I would say that dining at a restaurant or eating processed plant-based foods will cost you more than if you simply make your salads at home and use fresh ingredients. Have you ever seen the cost of salads in restaurants? I mean, you can have a Buddha bowl for $15 at a restaurant where you can simply take those few ingredients and probably make a Buddha bowl for $6. I've never calculated the cost, but I know how much I use at home and how much it costs me. I recall many years ago watching a couple of my friends, not associated and not related, uh, two separate occasions they did groceries and I watched the majority of the food, it went straight into the pantry. These were packaged foods like cereals and chips and cookies and popcorn and um, some of the other food went straight into the freezer like the frozen meats and frozen packaged foods. Very little 
was produce, unprocessed beans or whole grains. These are the foods that I mainly eat, right? Like the fruits and vegetables. And then the other foods that I put in the pantry are the variety of beans, legumes, and whole grains and pastas, oats, barley. So what do we mean by unprocessed? So think, for example, of strawberries. I love to just snack on strawberries. Um, they are delicious just as they are. You can, you know, top your oatmeal or your salads with strawberries for that added antioxidant power. But I also saw a video where this individual took all these beautiful strawberries, put them in boiling water, added tons of sugar and preservatives to make a jam. Those beautiful strawberries suddenly became processed. Unprocessed plant foods tend to have more of the protective nutrients and fewer disease-promoting factors. So if you don't process them, you don't destroy all those nutrients and antioxidants that they have to offer. Um, in episodes 151 and 153, I talk about the state of our health and the role the standard American diet plays in promoting disease. For example, when we look at processed foods, the standard American diet consists of 63% processed foods, 25% are animal foods, a small 12% of that diet is plant-based, with only 6% of that 12% being unprocessed. Plant-based foods reduce your risk for heart disease, lower your cholesterol and blood pressure levels. They uh, balance your blood sugars and they lower the risk for cancer. A 2010 report from the National Cancer Institute stated that three out of four Americans don't eat a single piece of fruit in a given day. Nine out of 10 don't reach the minimum recommended daily intake of vegetables on a weekly basis. 96% of Americans don't reach the minimum of greens. That's just three servings a week. 98% don't reach the minimum for orange vegetables. That's two servings a week. 99% don't even reach the minimum of whole grains. That's two to three ounces a day. So we're not getting enough of the healthy foods. So are the costs of plant-based foods the real reason that many people are choosing not to eat plant-based foods? I don't know. I would say that then the number two reason for not eating healthy foods is that people do not know where to start. There is so much misinformation about mainly focusing on your protein intake and avoiding carbs, which I have already addressed in episode 156. I talk about the protein myth. I also address in another episode that really you are a starchivore. You can find an adequate amount of protein in most plant-based foods. And in general, people are getting too much protein, which can be harmful to the kidneys. So what do you eat as a starchy voir? Well, you have 70% of your diet should come from starchy foods, 20% comes from vegetables, and 10% comes from fruit. Again, it's mainly the aisles that I've been visiting at Trader Joe's. In episode 160, I talked about trying a seven-day challenge with me that included eating lots of greens and starchy foods, vegetables, and fruit, and avoiding all animal foods, added oils, added salts, and sugars for just those seven days, just for you to see how you feel. Um, but you don't have to do an all-or-nothing approach. As a matter of fact, trying to do it overnight without having a system in place can just be unsustainable and you'll just completely give up. So I'm giving you 
another tool this week. We often encourage people to take a 333 approach. And this is based on the idea that in general, most family meals consist of eight to nine common dishes that are rotated every few days or every other week. I ask you right now just to write down what you typically eat. If you want to jot it down and and track your meals for a a week, two weeks, a month, you're probably going to see that you're a creature of habit. Most of us enjoy the same meals on a consistent basis. And every once in a while, we try something new, but we're creatures of habit. So I invite you to jot down your meals just to see what you actually eat. Now with this 3-3-3 approach, you want to start with three meals that you already enjoy that are plant-based, such as pasta marinara. That was one of the things that we enjoyed uh, early on. We did have a lot more pasta than we have today, but that's just because we were learning how to eat. You may enjoy black beans and rice, like a black beans and rice burrito, like something you can find in Chipotle. I know that that till this day, I enjoy a black bean burrito. So think of three meals that you already like that are already plant-based and write them down on a list as you begin to plan for a more sustainable transition. Then think of three other meals that you enjoy. How can you improve the nutritional value of those three meals? I give the example, for example, of my husband who once enjoyed a baked potato with chili on top. From his favorite restaurant at the time, before we cooked as much as we do, he would go to Wendy's and grab a baked potato with chili on top. He now loves a baked potato topped with lentils. It's just a healthier alternative. And then finally, you can add three more plant-based meals slowly as you become adjusted to the flavors of the foods. So it could be like brown rice with roasted vegetables as a meal. And last week, I gave you two websites where you can grab recipes and uh, Forks Over Knives is one of them. I'm just going to stick with that one this week just because I think it has such a variety of recipes. But like I said, try not to do too much at the beginning because it can be overwhelming. So today, I'm also going to give you another tool. Uh, This comes from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. They offer a 21-day kickstart program. So the Vegan Kickstart will help you take control of your health with a plant-based diet. So you join the Physicians Committee's Vegan Kickstart to receive meal plans, recipes, and advice from nutrition experts. The Vegan Kickstart is supported by decades of research showing that a plant-based diet can help you reach a healthy weight and lower your risk for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and other chronic diseases. So they have low-fat, plant-based recipes developed by chefs, dietitians, and experts in vegan cuisine, and they provide nutritious meals that are both healthy and delicious. And the website for that is pcrm.org forward slash vegan kickstart. So make sure that you visit that if you want to join that program. It's free. There's no obligation. No one's bothering you. You're just receiving emails with tools. Okay, my friends, so those are my tips for this week. And as a matter of fact, I'm headed to Midland on August 5th. Uh, That'll be the following weekend. And um, my husband and I are driving to Midland, Texas for the Food is Medicine Conference. This week's uh, guest expert was Valerie Acosta. She's the executive director for the Healthy City uh, nonprofit who puts this conference on every year. 
and she joined me on Tuesday to give us highlights about the conference and five reasons why we should attend. And I had such a wonderful conversation with her that I'm super excited to attend. I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you're interested in in purchasing a ticket to go to the conference. But if you see me, please stop by and say hello. I will be with my husband, Dr. Riss. We always enjoy going to these social events. Well, really to learn, but also to connect uh, with all of you. Next week, I have two great episodes for you. My guest expert is John Massengale. He is a registered dietitian and diabetes specialist, and he's going to talk to us about all things diabetes. I think it's going to be really beneficial. And then I will be giving you another health tip that will help you with diabetes. My friends, I hope to see you soon. Make sure that you follow me on social media, Instagram at Maya underscore HLS underscore podcast. Thanks for being a listener. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave an honest review as well at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. And as always, thank you for being a listener. 